Hi everyone, today I'm going to take you through the case study of the 100-year-old Lifebuoy soap brand. The case outlines the step taken by Mr. Samir Singh, who is Lifebuoy's new appointed global brand VP, as he tries to reverse its declining sales and profit performance. The later challenge comes from Unilever's new CEO, who has introduced the Unilever Sustainable Living Program, a set of bold environmental and social objectives that he has integrated into the heart of the company's global strategy. In contrast to most corporate social responsibility programs, USLP's quantified objectives are clearly defined, tightly specified, and independently audited, and managers are held strictly accountable for their achievement. Now, before moving to the case study, I would request you to subscribe 5 Minutes Learning Channel in YouTube in order to get my recent case study video updates on time. Also, this video is enabled with English subtitles for your better understanding. Now, let's move in to the year case 1995, Lifebuoy celebrated its 100th year anniversary on the Indian market. In 2000, after a decade of rapid growth, the Indian economy stalled and its FMCG market ground to a halt. In 2001, total demand in the personal soap market declined 9.3%. Aggressive and new local competitors began offering uh, active beauty soaps, particularly in the lower price segment where Lifebuoy had been dominant so far. The result was that Lifebuoy became a cheap old-fashioned soap and its market share fell from 15.4% in 1997 to 12.1% in the year 2001. Alarmingly, its sales value also declined by more than 20% in a single year between 2000 and 2001. Since most of its decline occurred in rural areas, which accounted for nearly 70% of Lifebuoy sales, so the sales executive at Hindustan Unilever decided to focus rebuilding efforts on 6,35,000 villages, which accounted for 50% of India's population. It was a bold move since the residents of these rural communities with an average population of 1,000 were largely illiterate. Furthermore, they had limited access to schools, telephones, electricity or even media. the company also launched a rural outreach program called Swastya Chetna meaning health awakening in addition to reaching new market Swastya Chetna also aimed to reduce a major public health problems according to WHO diarrhea killed almost 2.2 million people all around the world every year in India, it took the lives of 6 lakh children annually under the age of 5. Swastya Chetna objective was to contact remote media inaccessible communities and grow Lifebuoy sales through education. With a primary target of school children, teams of trained health development facilitators will be visiting around 72 villages quarterly delivering their scripted health and hygiene messages through a variety of illustrated stories, visual aids, and quiz The programs. impact of these initiatives was mixed. On the sales front, Lifebuoy's revenue grew by 20% in the year 2003 and 2004, and the following year by an additional 10%. 
By 2005, the brand had an 18.4% share in the Indian personal soap market and was again the brand leader. However, because no price increase accompanied its relaunch, profit margin continued to decline. The social impact of the Swastya Chetna rural outreach program was also initially impressive. By mid-decade, it had already reached more than 120 million people in 50,600 villages. Post-visit, awareness of germs grew by 30% and short-term soap use increased among 79% of parents and 93% of children. But no sustained change in hand-washing habits was found. And while Lifebuoy's brand recognition increased, but still sales rose only modestly. As a result, the program's cost significantly exceeded a combination of strategic miscalculations and market forces resulted in Lifebuoy's renewed decline in the second half of the decade. Repositioning and relaunch failure sales boost following the 2002 relaunch, the management decided to reposition the brand again in the year 2005. A life without fear campaign was built around the theme that mothers need not worry about sending their children outside to get dirty. But while the TV ads were emotionally engaging, they failed to communicate product advantage or to motivate consumers to buy. From 2005 to 2007, Lifebuoy's germ protection attribute scores dropped from 59.5 to 50.5, and the market share also declined from 18.4 to 17.6%. Meanwhile, the category was assaulted by mounting competition and steep cost increases, particularly a 50% rise in vegetable oil prices. This crisis led to yet another relaunch, the time based on data rather than emotions. In 2007, HUL sponsored a clinical trial that collected evidences of the effect of hand washing on diseases. A scientific study involving 2000 Mumbai families showed that children who practiced hand washing had 26% fewer days of school absence due to 25% fewer diarrhea events, 15% fewer cases of respiratory infections, and 46% fewer eye infections. But it proved difficult to communicate research results connecting soap usage to schools attendance. So Lifebuoy's market share kept falling to 15.5 by two. During this time, a worldwide swine flu pandemic broke out, ultimately resulting in the death of more than 18,000 people in South Asia and Africa. When people, public health officials began stressing the importance of hand washing, it triggered a widespread switch from beauty bars to health soaps. Moreover, the Lifebuoy team discovered that when consumers were assured of germ protection, they became price insensitive. It was an important insight that the team planned to exploit. Simultaneously, the India-based R&D team responsible for Lifebuoy was working on a new liquid soap formulation. As a result, entrant to the fast-growing liquid hand wash segment, Lifebuoy liquid hand wash had met with only moderate success. The R&D team developed a new formulation 
that was able to get hands germ-free in 10 seconds. This innovation instantly caught the attention of Lifebuoy's marketing team and in 2010, Lifebuoy Liquid Hand Wash was relaunched with a campaign highlighting its germ-killing capability. The product was an immediate success. However, management knew that overtaking Liquid Hand Wash pioneer Dettol would be a quite in the year 2009 as new CEO took charge of Unilever. The strategic and organizational change he introduced had an immediate impact company-wide, including for Lifebuoy in India. When Unilever's board appointed Paul Polman as the first outside CEO in the company's history, it signaled a major shakeup in the underperforming culture. Polman's action confirmed his belief in the motto, never waste a crisis. In his first week, he announced that he would no longer provide earning guidance or publish quarterly reports. When the share price fell almost 10%, he responded to it. We need to know why we are here. The answer is for consumers, not for shareholders. In keeping with these belief, the new CEO announced an ambitious goal of doubling Unilever sales volume, but he also acknowledged that growth at any cost is not viable and committed to achieving this goal while decoupling growth from the company's environmental impact. To translate his bold vision into specific objectives, in 2010, the company unveiled the Unilever Sustainable Living Plan. USLP had three goals to halve the environmental footprint of making and using its products, to source 100% of its agricultural raw materials sustainably, and to help uh, 1 billion people improve their health and well being. It was Unilever's core strategy built on its long held mission to do well by doing good. In parallel, Polman continued to implement one Unilever strategy. It is a process program aimed at streamlining complex multi-level metrics by assigning responsibility to three regional heads and three global category presidents. The reorganization had already shifted the power balance from the country-based OPCO chairman to global brand leaders. Opcos were still accountable for the profitability of their local operations, but were now responsible for implementing strategies developed by global brand teams. Building on one Unilever strategy, Polman made the regional head for Asia his chief operating officer, giving him responsibility for all regions. Simultaneously, the new CEO expanded the three category divisions into four which are personal care, home care, food and refreshment. And in a signal that reinforced the earlier power shift, had all of them report directly to himself. With strategy in the hands of global brand leaders, Polman wanted to ensure that Unilever was still responsive to local consumer needs, particularly in emerging market, now accounted for half the company's turnover. For example, Lifebuoy's global brand vice president was located in Singapore and his global brand teams responsible for bar soaps, liquid and social mission 
were located in Mumbai, Singapore and Nairobi respectively. Through all this, Polman insisted that USLP targets be embedded in all key business unit decisions. This is at the core of our business strategy. He said, it is not a separate CSR agenda. We believe that responsible companies that make contribution to society, a central part of their business model will be successful. So while among most managers incentives compensation was still tied primarily to financial objectives, but USLP targets were monitored and independently audited by PricewaterhouseCoopers and were reported in detail through the company's management. As a part of restructuring, Mr. Samit Singh was appointed as Lifebuoy's global brand VP with a mandate to revitalize this iconic brand that had retreated to a few developing countries and was struggling in several of them, including India. The new global team's first priority was to complete what Singh called an archaeological review of Lifebuoy's past success and problems, concluding that the core of Lifebuoy's problem lay in history of continual reinvention, repositioning and relaunch. Singh decided to return the brand to its roots, offering protection from diseases spread by germs. The first element of the strategy was to educate consumers on the consequences of germs by assuring mothers that Lifebuoy provided their families superior protection from 10 infections from flu to diarrhea. Next, marketing efforts focused on hotspots times of the year such as monsoon season, school re-entry or crowded religious festivals when infection risk was high. Tailored messages reassured mothers that Lifebuoy could help protect their family at these times of high anxiety. The advertising and promotional activities were customized to each country's specific calendar of hotspot events as well as its competitive situation and stages of hygiene development. Finally, these activities were supported by a program of product development that result in innovations such as Care, a premium product claiming germ protection 10 times better than any other soap, and Lifebuoy color-changing hand wash aimed at encouraging children to wash their hands for a full 10 seconds, at which time the soap changes color. This approach proved successful, and from 2009 to 2012, Lifebuoy global sales increased by 17% per annum and gross profit by 22% per annum. In early 2013, Singh was pleased that Lifebuoy's three-year 17% average annual growth rate not only made it Unilever's fast-moving brand, but also outpaced Dettol's growth for the first time. But he was worried that its hand wash program had only reached 119 million people globally. If Lifebuoy was to achieve its 1 billion USLP target, it would have to step up to the challenge. Despite strong recovery in sales and profitability, handwashing behavior change program in India had reached just 17 million people in 2012. 
taking its total to 47 million since 2010. While impressive, the performance was well below the trajectory necessary to achieve the country's allocated behavior change target of 450 million by 2015.